Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, are you having an overwhelming day so far? Yeah, I, I, I know the answer to that for you, because I just spent 45 minutes as I was um, driving through rush hour traffic, and two accidents later, and you were, as I... I mean, you know, cautiously trying to dodge everything. And I think you were in a therapy session because you were just downloading or uploading whatever it is, you know, um, to me, kind of your, the, the, the circumstances of life that were leading you to feel overwhelmed. And it was great because I'm glad it was, you know, I'm like, okay, this gets me off mine. And I, I love listening to you. And um, so it was, it was good drive time. So thank you yes. for the therapy session. And making yeah. it very interesting on my drive time this morning. So that was good. <laughs> it is good. And you're free. So that's what makes it even better. Because that's what girlfriends are for, right? Because- exactly. There's no 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 charge. You know, I might I might charge you lunch or something. I don't know. But, but yeah. no. Yeah, I know I'll pay for it. <laughs> well, you know what? You're talking about being overwhelmed. And that's a good question. Because um, just thinking about that, we were talking about that on different levels. Because we're going to be talking about that today on our show with our guest Haley, and that is it's such an emotion that's so strong that you're just finding so prevalent today, um, especially young young moms. And I have two, uh, a daughter and a daughter-in-law that are in that category. And just a lot of the women that Patty, you and I work with are just in that season of just feeling so overwhelmed. Um, and, and, and then, you know, just the circumstances around us in life just produce fear and you know, just the stresses of life. And we're going we're gonna to unpack a lot of that. And, like, why are we feeling this way so much? But before we get too much farther... And, and overwhelm you too much with this, we want to remind you that you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, we mentioned we have Haley on our show today, and we're so excited for Haley DeMarco. She is the author of many um, best-selling books, actually of more than over 40 books, which, is Haley, that's always intriguing to me that you can write more than one. Um, I can't get past <laughs> a blog. <laughs> <laughs> to actually refine it into a book that, you know, goes to an editor and, and that that's just amazing and overwhelming all in itself. But you, um, including multiple books, uh, one that I know is at the top is The God Girl Line and Obsessed, which I've heard so many fabulous things about. But your latest one is A Woman Overwhelmed and it also comes with a companion Bible study. So we welcome you to the show and we can't wait to tell you. I've already overwhelmed Lisa with all my woes. So now I'm laying down, Haley, and I'm ready to overwhelm you. Don't worry, Haley. (laughs) Haley, you've been warned, okay? That's all I can tell you. You've been warned. Yeah, well, you know, you're you're both women, so I expect it as much. This is what we do. We're overwhelmed. That's who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Haley, first of all, I want to talk about 
I do want to talk about being overwhelmed, actually. I want to talk about the stress before we talk about the hope, because sometimes I feel like it, it, you can't spend a whole lot of time there, obviously, and, and we see in scripture that it, it's not good for you, and there's a reason why, and, and uh, you know, you talk about that in your, in your book of how fear, worry, impatience, fatigue, frust- you know, all this frustration, and it leads to anxiety and depression and the physical symptoms that take place. You have women that are gaining weight and they have insomnia, the headaches. And so I, did, did I spend enough time there talking about all the parts of being I think you were just describing my day today. That's pretty much <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's true. Whatever, when we focus on something intently, so intently, that is, completely beyond what we can do, we become overwhelmed. We can just look at everything in our lives. As women, you know, they say a woman's work is never done. That's true. A woman's work is never done. But if by chance it were, you know that you then have to go and fix everybody else's work, don't you, right mm-hmm. after them. Mm-hmm. So every, literally, you know you're the only one that can do it. You know that you're the only one that can go and, and do all the other stuff everyone else thinks they're doing. And that can be just a, a predicament where we feel like there's no hope. We can't get through this. And so, yes, our bodies react to those thoughts and say, well, if there's no hope, then I might as well eat. If there's no hope, then I might as well just sleep all day. You know, we get into that that cycle of just almost where we can't even move anymore because we're just beyond getting anything done. Of course, others of us become more industrious and build a bigger to-do list and, and determine that if we just worked harder, we can get it done. And then we end up stressed and so busy that we can't, in fact, do anything that we want to do and that we've been called to do, which is love those around us and be patient with them and kind with them. And so, yeah, there's a myriad of woes I think we're all familiar with, but we haven't necessarily tied it into the fact that we've become overwhelmed by the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and you you made a comment there that I just want to respond to on what, what we're supposed to be doing is loving those around us. And... Mm-hmm. Lisa and I were just talking about uh, a a Seth Godin quote, or I would say it was more than a quote, but he was talking about airbrushing, how 50 years ago, when they started airbrushing the models and the magazines, we really didn't think a whole lot about it. And you go, oh, yeah, that's just what they do. They airbrush. And now everything, they're airbrushing our food, our vacations, (laughs) our family photos. I mean, social media is nothing but this airbrushed, perfect picture of the grass is always greener on the other side. Right. And so not only are you having to go through your day and wake up in the morning and sign field trip passes and pack lunches and take out the trash and get your kid to mm-hmm. school if it's your turn to carpool. And then you get, you know, the email from the teacher and now you have to go into a parent portal, which I can never figure out my passcode. So I just don't ever do it. <laughs> right. But then you, you take those few minutes to debrief yourself instead of getting into God's word. And I, I'm talking to myself here. I'm not preaching at anybody. You take those few minutes and you scroll through social media of everything that's been airbrushed and you go, wow, my life really stinks right now. And I, I think that plays into our being overwhelmed and having these, this anxiety. So at what point, Haley, that you were watching all these women that are talking about the stress and the anxiety that you said, okay, you know, that Popeye, I can't stand it no more. I'm going to write a book. And we're going <laughs> to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of my life. As you, as you said earlier, I've written over 40 books. So it's just, I'm just 
tuned that way, it, it, God just uses me as a, a, a portal. I mean, it's just the vessel of just, shoop, here's an idea, and it pours out. So that's what happens. I go through life, I see people, and I think, oh, my goodness, I can relate to you. And since it's not just me, and I see there's a bunch more, why don't we let God kind of speak into this? And so that's how, how these things come about for me. And I just begin to dig in and study and, and figure out uh, what, the, what the biblical response is. But this idea that you're talking about of comparison is one that debilitates us. We spend so much of our lives running around comparing ourselves. I mean, that's how we determine, you know, who we are, what level we're at, uh, how good we're doing by comparison. And I've been, I've been devastated sometimes by comparison. Um, and you're right, social media and the Instagram filter has just, my goodness, I'm, I'm assuming everyone's house looks as great as it looks in their Instagram shot. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, just a, it's just the image that's in that little space that they've, <laughs> that they've taken a picture of. But I remember one time I, um, I was just talking to a girlfriend, and she said, um, oh, I've got I've to run home because uh, it's, it's uh, change the sheets day. And I'm like, there's a day for that? And she's like, oh, yeah, every Monday. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know. Like, that. I missed that so, memo on right? that one. I yes. did not know. Uh-huh. All my life, I've you know, lived into uh, middle age, and I did not know that Monday was change sheets day. So I'm comparing myself going, oh, my goodness, I change my sheets like once a month if I get a chance. I didn't know I was lacking. So I started changing my sheets. I couldn't do Mondays, but I chose Saturdays. And I started, started changing my sheets every weekend. And then one day I was speaking at a conference, and my friend was there, and I told that story. And at the end, she comes up, and she goes, um, did I say that? And I'm like, yes. And she said, I don't know what I was thinking, because I don't do that. That maybe was just a <laughs> test run. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? I've been comparing myself to you for a year. <laughs> and no, yeah, okay. so. Haley, I got to tell you, Lisa and I are laughing so hard right now because this was several years ago when it was one of those conversations that you had with a girlfriend that said that about laundry day. It was the exact same thing. She was like, well, Tuesday's laundry day. She couldn't do something with us because it was laundry day. And we looked at each other. We're like, who does laundry day? And then soon after that, somebody else said, oh, I do laundry day. And they started explaining what that looked like. So we did a whole YouTube video on laundry day because that just cracked us up that people are that work. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew, right? Who knew? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. There really are designated days like that. And then that stresses me out because you compare and you're like, I don't do that. I'm not that organized. I don't have all right. that. So it's like you talk about the comparison thing and it's, it's killing us, you know, with that. It's, and, and it's like because we're never enough. And mm-hmm. that just creates this overwhelming and this, I think, the spiraling is like I'm not enough. And in my parenting, I'm not enough in my leadership. I'm not enough in my as a spouse, as a friend. And we can just go on in that list. And then we focus on that and we allow that to define us that list instead of like getting on the other side of that. Let me ask you a question. It's like, cause we've talked about this, Patty and I and stuff. It's like, do you think that women today are more overwhelmed than they were um, say 50 years ago? Or is, are we just more aware of it and we're talking about it more and the social media media has heightened it. And we have less than three minutes before we take a, a commercial break. So um, as you unpack that, just let you, let you know, there's not to overwhelm you, but there's a, some time. <laughs> I'm good. No, I, I think the answer is yes. And yes, I think it, they were, they were probably overwhelmed in their own sort of way with their own sort of thing because of 
of the definition of womanhood that they had to live under, you know, in their day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that it was as heightened as it is today, simply because we're comparing ourselves to multiple, wait, maybe even thousands of women we're comparing ourselves to. You think of the women in the 50s, they maybe compared themselves to the Joneses, you know, the people across the street. But but we're looking at, on social media, um, thousands of women, and we're looking at each amazing thing they're doing and thinking, I need to be doing all of that as if we're, you know, capable of doing what a thousand women are doing. I mean, we even look at Proverbs 31 women and we think, oh, I should be doing all that. But that's not even one woman. That's, according to theologians, that's probably six different women. So, yes. Okay, Haley. Yes. Haley, I lied. You, you didn't have three minutes. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's words you never heard. If you had to choose between your sweetheart or your pet, which would you dump if one had to go? According to a recent study, most pet owners, 84% to be exact, said they would keep their spouse or a significant other and give away their pet. That leaves 14% who said they would choose their pet over their spouse. Surely my husband wouldn't sweet sway, haffle caffle, or have a bulia. That's indecision about keeping me or the dog. Hmm, he does greet our dog before he greets me when he comes home from work, though. Unmarried people are even more likely to choose their pet over their sweetheart, with 25% saying they'd rather keep their canine than their girlfriend or boyfriend. What's another word for a dog lover? Xenophilist. It's marching down. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Haley DeMarco, founder of Hungry Planet, a company intensely focused on feeding the world's appetite for truth, 
Also, best-selling author of more than 40 books, and her latest release is A Woman Overwhelmed. And we are talking about that right now, how as women we can be so overwhelmed. Of course, Haley then had to get into the Proverbs 31 woman, which none of us want to hear about. But we do like, Haley, that you're acknowledging that it wasn't one person, that theologians say that was many women, but it's what we can um, focus on and use that wisdom to to help us in getting over some of these uh, issues of anxiety, etc. But I still want to stay there in our issues right now because sometimes as women we do want to wallow in it for a while because we want <laughs> someone else to go, me too. Because uh, Lisa, you have been traveling in, in Portland to see what your son is doing amazing things there with um, a new church that he's going to be the senior pastor of. And I am getting ready for a wedding and a a wedding shower, which that's a perfect example of why you don't go on social media because everybody in their neighbor thinks that I want to see the Pinterest pictures and displays of wedding showers that are taking place. And it's like, stop sending me this. I I don't want to be overwhelmed. I just want to have people come over and, you know, eat eggs. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want these displays of, you know, of pink marmalade. And, you know, it's, it's amazing what's out there. You have to transform your house to look like the Hilton in order to invite people over for a shower. So uh, Lisa, you have yes. the only one not sending me a Pinterest picture. So I just want to say I appreciate that about you. You're so welcome because I feel your pain and I'm there with you. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is that oh, those expectations and the, those unspoken expectations that we, we feel so much um, that we have to have to meet and, and exceed, whether it's, you know, a baby shower, or whatever. And like you said, just the, the you know, the, just those circumstances of life. And, and there's the ones that you can control, and then there's the ones you can't control. And I think both contribute so much. And we all, as women, experience that, um, whether it's a change in dynamics, like you mentioned, our son and daughter-in-law and five grandkids just decided they heard God's calling to move to Portland. And I, I can't debate that, but I can. I want to. You know, it's like, no, no, I didn't give you permission to do that. Um, and, you know, in those things that you go, okay, now life has totally changed. My day to day is, is different. And, um, kind of like, you know, I was saying to you, Patty, it's like kind of the death of a dream, you know, where you have your kids living by you and yet, you know, that's not total reality. So those things just change and you have to, you have to adjust and change with them. So it's like, you know, Haley, we're talking about this. It's like, um, you know, we have these things that do happen. Like I said, some that are that are forced on us that we have no control and others we can control. Like, you know, we can control how we're going to do the the shower. Um, But it's, it's how we navigate through that. And the voices a lot of times that we listen to and even our own voices can be the most critical. How do you, how do you kind of navigate women through some of that? Like when you're talking about all these stress factors, these factors that contribute to feeling overwhelmed, like what are some of the conversations you're having with even the younger moms, the young, younger women with all this? Uh, well, I, I don't know that they're, they're, they're too much different um, than my, my own, but yeah. I've, I've, I've been through all that. So I can, you know, speak into a little bit of, of, of what they're going through. Of course, for them, everything is so new and um, everything is also so um, oftentimes isolating, I find, for new moms because you're in a new stage of life 
where your friends that aren't having kids yet are like, don't get you, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm, not yeah. running the circle time and they don't have to get back home for nap time and all that. And so you, you can easily just feel so isolated and so lonely. And so it's very important for us to understand the importance. And I know this is, is big for you all to understand the importance of community, to live mm-hmm. in a community, to find somehow a community. And I can remember when my daughter was one and I was doing circle time uh, at the library to try and meet people. And I felt like, you know, the creep at the, I don't know, at the youth, at the uh, singles group, you know, I keep, I would get my daughter and set her next to another little cute one-year-old with a mom that looked like I'd, you know, hit it off with and start trying to talk to her. And, and they'd move away, like, who's the creep trying to sit next to me? And I'd mm-hmm. ask, you know, want to go out afterwards? And I'm like, oh, no, Susie, weren't we going somewhere? And they'd run <laughs> off. And I'm like, oh, my God. I tried so hard to get a friend. But, um, I'm, I just think if you don't have a BFF by the time, you know, you're out of college, you're out of luck. So I just uh, had a really hard time myself. And so I encourage women to not give up because I didn't give up. I kept asking. I kept asking women, you want to go to the playground after this? And even though I was the creep, I didn't care. I finally found someone. And um, mm-hmm. our kids hit it off and we hit it off. And so then I had a friend. But I, I do want to encourage young moms to not be alone, to not think, you know, there's just nobody and this is this is all I can do. I just have to. Um, to do life, but do that, do life alone because that's not how we're meant meant to live. Mm-hmm. It's funny, Haley, when you when you're the creeper, because Lisa and I laugh at how many times we have done women events where we're out doing retreats or we're talking to someone and we're just you know sitting at the table, and we look at it as we're we're questioning that person because we want to get to know them. And mm-hmm. we want to establish that community, the, those relationships. And there are times we walk away. At one point, one gal said to me, I, I don't understand why you're interrogating me. <laughs> <laughs> interrogation. <laughs> Friendship. And we thought, a like. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think people aren't used to that. They're not used to you no. trying to find out about their life and getting no. to know them. And yeah. it, it's, but it's made me realize you do have to be careful in the way that you're posing questions. You're not trying to like mm-hmm. dig deep to find dirt. <laughs> and right. that's this filter that people are going, you know, why do you need to know this about me? Mm-hmm. Rather than we just mm-hmm. genuinely are trying to love on people. Yeah. So it, it's hard. It is hard. I, I don't, I haven't had that problem because uh, I find that most women that I, that I meet have, they don't have a, a shortage of words. <laughs> They'll just continue to talk yeah. and tell me all about their lives. And so, you know, in that same vein that you're trying to do, though, I'm I'm really trying to be a listener, I'm really trying to hear what they say and then react and be involved. And for a lot of us that like to talk, um, that can be hard. And so mm-hmm. we just become the spewer of information instead of honoring one another, which is a biblical command, to honor one another and to care about what the other person is saying. So I like to encourage women to, to like you said earlier, how you um, – you heard, um, who was it who said now, was it, you heard Lisa's overwhelmed life and it helped you feel better? So you mm-hmm, said, mm-hmm, or who mm-hmm. said what? But, um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, 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 that is, a, that's true. When you can get out of yourself and listen to what other people are, are living and, and to ask them questions and be involved, you can get outside of your own little overwhelmed fear and help another person out. Absolutely. I think that's the same thing. It's, it's like, um, you know, don't camp out there too long. You know, don't right. don't put a permanent, you know, stake in the ground. It's like, you know, what can we learn and, and how can we at the same time 
try to, because our, you know, our story does matter, but how can we at the same time be helping, you know, and pouring into somebody else and not just Mm -hmm. living in isolation and and isolating ourselves from everybody else because then it becomes very myopic. And it's like, that is overwhelming to me. Um, and I find myself very boring when I'm by myself, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I need to have something else interesting here. Somebody else's. Um, but I think that's such a good, a, a good point is like, how do we create community? We were wired for community. And I know as women, it's like, and you know, a good, a good example, it was interesting when, when I was, I was up in Portland a couple of weeks ago, like mentioned our, our kids had moved up there and, um, we were with, um, we went to the playground and playing, and then there was this young mom that came with her little, her little two-year-old, and and um, I was playing on the teeter-totter with with my grandkids, and she's like, "Can my kid play too?" And it's like, "Absolutely!" And so she puts them on, and you can just tell this woman she's very kind of quiet and reserved, and and so she started, you know, her her kid was interacting, we were playing with them, and then um, my daughter-in-law it just went up to her and just says, "Hey, are you? I'm. We're new. We just moved here." Do you know anybody, you know, anything around here? And she's like, and they just started this conversation. And then the girl's like, well, I've lived here for so many years, but I don't really have friends. And so it just kind of opened the door. I mean, I don't know if anything will happen, whatever, but they exchanged phone numbers. Like, Let's meet here at the park again. And and the, and the gal's like, I, I've been looking for, you know, kids, for, you know, for mine to play with. And I live over here. And, and, and so it's like, you don't have to be new to an area to not have community. It's like, I think everybody's looking for that, but it, again, it's hard to, it's hard to initiate because you can either feel like the creeper or it's very uncomfortable. Um, so many of, you know, women, so many of us have dealt with rejection. That's like, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to hang it out there and deal with that. And so we, it's easier sometimes just to isolate ourselves, but that is not a great solution to all of this and, and living life and trying to get past that. So, um, yeah, I, it, it is really, it's just interesting talking about this. And sometimes it's just talking about it makes a difference, mm-hmm. you know, with women and letting them just, like you said, get out and talk. And so do you find that just like going up and asking these questions and like you said, you, it just pulls it out of women to find uh, out yeah, what's think, really going on. I think we're dying to be known, all mm-hmm. of us, you know. Someone and that's the beauty of having a, a girlfriend is that they know you and yet they still love you. And so, yeah, we have to begin conversations. I'm by nature shy. I'm very shy. And in high school, I was the victim of mean girls because of that shyness. Um, mm. But as I graduated and, and went on to work, I went to Nike Corporate in Portland. Yes, I'm from originally from Portland. Mm. And um, so I worked for Nike out there and had the same problem. I was shy and the women this time weren't my, you know, schoolmates, but they were in position of authority over me, and so it was it was a very challenging time for my life. Uh, of course, I soon went on to write the book Mean Girls, and was very happy mm-hmm. actually that I'd gone through all that because I made my living off of it. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, had to, <laughs> I had to tell myself I cannot allow shyness to hold me back to to keep me from loving others, to keep me from honoring others, and to keep me from having relationships with others. So I I'm not an extrovert; I'm an introvert. But I'm on stages all over the place. I'm, you know, I'm uh, the women's ministry director at our church, and I teach homeschool groups. And so I'm constantly having to be out in front. And I've had to teach myself that and make myself talk to people, even though I think they're going to hate me, they're going to reject me, they're going to be mean girls. I have to just say, nope, that's a lie, and trust God that when he says I should do a thing, I talk to people and love them and honor them, that he will help me do it. 
and it does change your life. Well, we're going we're gonna to stop right there. I want to take a quick break. And I really like what you said, like having some of these um, hard circumstances define you, how to get on the other side. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Haley DeMarco. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. well known in medical practices that patients tend to lie about their health habits. They lie about how much they smoke, understate how much they drink or eat, and overstate how much they exercise. What's another word for those little white lies we like to tell in the examination room? Teradiddles. Doctors have a rule of thumb. Whatever the patient says they're drinking, smoking, or eating, multiply it by two. But it's hard to come clean about your habits when you know you're in for some jobation from the doctor. That's criticism we don't want to hear. If physicians want us to be honest with them, I suggest they try being a little less judgmental and use a little suaviloquence. That's soothing, encouraging talk. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are chatting with Haley DeMarco, best-selling author who speaks regularly for women's groups and events, including Women of Faith and Mops International. And Haley, we we just left and went on a commercial as you were talking about uh, just those circumstances that define you. And you have a a story in your book about the first time you felt overwhelmed by God. Do you mind sharing that story with us today? Well, (laughs) the first time that I I was overwhelmed was actually (laughs) in Portland, Oregon. (laughs) I was was living there. I've been there, yes. (laughs) Yes. I was living there driving limousines, and I spent my whole life... um, believing in Christ and believing who, that, that he was the Son of God, but I didn't think that I was good enough for him, and so I had... Uh...
Hello? Hello? Yes. Are, are you all there? I lost you for a minute. Yes, yeah, you, okay, you, left us in, you left us in Portland. Yes, you I'm left so us sorry. in Portland. I'm sorry. It wasn't a good place to be left. I think. <laughs> yes, I was living, I was living in, are you still there now? Because I heard another beat. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was living in Portland driving limousines, and um, I had thought I was a Christian, except I was a Christian going to hell, because I had a weird theology. I just didn't understand what was going on. And the, I, I remember falling for a cute limousine driver who uh, who started to talk to me and say, if you're a Christian, why do you cuss like a sailor? And I said, well, I figure I'm not good enough for God, and if you're going to hell, I'm going to have fun on the way. And Ooh. the most overwhelming point in my life was when he said, do you know that it, you, once you're saved, you're, you're always saved? And I was like, what? How do you know that? And he opened up scripture to Romans 10, 9, and he said, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. And I, at that point, was completely overwhelmed. One, with anger, because I was so mad that nobody had told me that, and I was 27 years old. <laughs> so I screamed. But two, overwhelmed by the fact that, oh, my goodness, God accepts me. He accepts me, even though I cuss, even though I drink, even though I'm driving limousines, I'm taking people to strip clubs. You know, I'm, he still loves me. And uh, at that point, the light went on. My life changed forever. I could suddenly understand things I couldn't before. And I said, the world needs to know this, because this is life-changing, and this is important. And that's when I started to get out of my shell. That's when I started to say, I can't keep quiet. I got to tell the world of God's amazing wow. grace. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it was a big moment for me. <laughs> that is a big moment. And the fact that you can go back to it and how it just changed, it changed you. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, about your book. But the change was internal. And I think that's so much of where it has to happen. We try to change the external sometimes, but then it's like we still are the same person. So how do yeah. we do that hard work or how do we do that? Do we change our own perception of who we are and we see ourselves as God sees us? And that's, that's what you did. That, that does change the external mm -hmm. then. But it starts with doing that, that inside work. So how do you, you know, like talking about this, let's go, let's go to your book. Um, what are some, some tips that you give or some, some things you talk about with women and, and, and doing some of that work and, and maybe reframing uh, their lens on themselves and their lens on life? Well, I think the first step is I, I try to help women feel better about their overwhelmedness by telling them, listen to me, the reason you're so overwhelmed is because you're made to be overwhelmed. And that right there should make you go, oh, okay, I was made to be this, so I'm not crazy. No, you're not crazy. You were made to be overwhelmed. You've just become overwhelmed by the wrong thing. You were made to be overwhelmed by God. When Jesus said the most important commandment was to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, that's overwhelming. That means 100%. There's, there's nothing else that's getting your attention but God. And that's the overwhelmedness that we were created for. So that, that when that's lacking in our lives, when we're not focused in the right direction, our bodies, our minds, our hearts are looking for something to overwhelm us. We are. We're continually mm -hmm. thinking, well, what else needs to be done? Let me think, hmm, yeah, oh, I guess I should dust behind the TV. And, you know, we just start thinking of all these additional things. It's almost like we're gravitating towards overwhelmedness, and we are. So it's important for us to understand we are going to be looking for more and more until we determine that it's God we're meant to be overwhelmed by. And then we have to simply say, okay, I choose then. I, I choose to be overwhelmed by God. Oh, but how do we do that? Of course, that's, that's a lifetime, isn't it, of, of practicing how to become overwhelmed by God. But it, but it has to start by that recognition that we want to be overwhelmed by Him and a, a, um, a purposeful 
abiding and diving into his word and diving into the truth uh, that I stated earlier, which is God's to do through you list isn't anything really on the list that you have. His to do through you list is to love. And that right there is a, a whole sermon topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you have a, a Bible study companion that goes along with us. Mm-hmm. How, how does that how do you encourage women to use it? Is that something that they can use like uh, in like their personal time, reflection time, or is it to be used as a group in community or how, or any way that you want? I mean, how has yeah. it been designed? Well, I, I have women that, that are doing it both ways, depending on how busy they are. It's, I think it's probably best used in a group. It's a six week, six week Bible study that has a DVD of me presenting the, the week. And then you can sit around and answer questions and talk to one another. Uh, that, that is a wonderful way to do it. When I, I just took my church, uh, our church through it, and um, what I did was I spoke instead of having them have the DVD. But then mm-hmm. I, I created something called friend, um, speed friending. You've heard of speed dating. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I created speed friending. So I put a woman across from a woman across from a woman across from a woman. And I just ask them the questions from the discussion guide, and I say, go. And they have two minutes to talk and share with one another. And so it's a one-on-one where they get to know one another. And I think in those moments when they're with one other woman and you're both allowed to speak, you're not in a group where the shy ones lose, lose out, um, they, you, you build bonds, you learn things, you find friendships, you, you, you get to talk, you know, you get to share yourself. And after two minutes, they have to switch to the next woman, so they get to, to know one another. And I think in that kind of environment, it's a great way to build community. But I have women that are so busy that I have a lot of women that work long hours as they go to our church. And so they just kind of do it at home and do the best they can. So I think that, that both options are feasible. Yeah. Well, that's good. I want to I wanna back, back up a little bit. And we're talking about um, the stress because, you, you, you know, your book is, is, a, is a great tool and resource because we know that every woman is feeling overwhelmed in some area of her life. I mean, that just kind of is part of life, like you've said. And so it's so good to have this great tool and this, you know, companion to just kind of help us navigate that. But uh, before, maybe some women are going, I don't know at what point do I really need this, whatever. But there is actually physical symptoms of stress. That Mm -hmm. stress manifests physically. Can you, and a lot of times we don't even pay attention to our own life and, yeah. and just ourselves because we're so busy um, taking care of everybody else. And sometimes we feel like um, it's being selfish to really pay attention to myself because I should really be taking care of this and that, which causes the overwhelming, the stress, you know, all that kind of stuff. Can you talk about some symptoms that, that may, that where stress, you know, reveals itself that maybe... Mm-hmm we have that we don't even recognize is that? Yeah, I think that a large a majority, at least of, of my symptoms, and I, I could list, I could probably talk for at least a minute and list all the problems that I've, that I've gone through in my life from, you know, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, gastrointestinal problems, headache. I mean, I can go on and on. So I can relate to all of, all of the women who I, I talk to repeatedly on a daily basis who are suffering from so many different physical symptoms that, yeah, you can continue your life. But it's hard, you know, it's hard to be kind, it's hard to be patient, it's hard to get everything done when you're feeling the way you're feeling. But um, a lot, I, I really, I, I think science has proven, and, and I'm behind the idea, that much of our physical distress comes from what we think. 
It comes from what's going on in our minds and how we're picturing our world and what we're deciding is important and what we're thinking, if I worry about it, it'll get better. And so uh, the this, this sense of being overwhelmed manifests itself in things like, well, wanting to eat more. You're so overwhelmed, you think, if I just eat, I'll get a moment of peace. And so we're constantly eating and we end up with weight gain. Uh, insomnia can result because we're so um, consumed with what needs to be done that it keeps us up. We're, we're thinking about it all night. Uh, digestive problems, those are, are seen to manifest themselves when we're just stressing. When you, when you have stress, it becomes harder for your digestive enzymes to work and for your gut to do its job. You become depleted in minerals and vitamins in those instances. So I think you could probably look at most of your minor physical issues. I'm not talking about cancer and uh, uh, even psychological problems that require medication. Those kind of things can be physical symptoms that maybe don't come from overwhelmingness. But I think a lot of our minor conditions that we or our chronic, even minor conditions come from this sense of there's too much to do and not enough time to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it, we don't take time to listen to our own bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so, we're just in perpetual motion, and yes. we got we think we got to get everything done, and we put these high demands on ourselves, and mm-hmm. we see rest as a luxury or being lazy even sometimes. You know, yeah. instead uh-huh. of you know that's how our bodies were wired. We have to replenish. Uh-huh. We have to we have to take that downtime. Um, to, to do that, but we don't give ourselves permission to do that. Mm-hmm. How, how, you know, would you address that? How, how, what would you say to women with that? Well, I, I have a story that might help a lot, a lot of women. There's, of course, a, a, several things I could say, but, but, but one thing that I discovered worked well for me was when I was first married and had our first child, or only child, actually, um, I was completely overwhelmed with all these ideas of, okay, so take care of the kid, got to keep the house neat, I, I'd read books and understood how to be an excellent wife, and so I wanted it to be quiet when he got home, candles to be lit, smells perfect, I'm dressed beautifully, you know, all these things. I had to write books. I was writing for a year. Um, I was trying to teach my child. All these, all these different things were just consuming me, and so I, I came up with this brilliant idea to ask my husband, what, what's on your priority list? What, what would you, you know, what do you put at the top, and what do you put second and third and fourth? And he said, oh, you know what's at the top of my list? And I said, and I said no, and he said, joy. And I said, who's she? Mm. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I do not know this person. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Joy has left the building. Right? So Joy has left the building. Yeah. It's right. like, that's, who has that's time true. for her? <laughs> for that. Mm-hmm. But when he, when he told me that, I, I really had to wrap my brain around that because I thought, how, what, how can I possibly do that? Have joy. when I have all this other stuff to do. <laughs> And he yeah. said, that's the whole point. The whole point is, I don't want you to do all that other stuff if you're not joyful. And, well, it took and on me- that night, and now, no, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. 
My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. about the Gabrielunzi bear caught rummaging through a refrigerator in an apartment in Colorado? The tenant heard noises coming from the kitchen and saw a bear with his head in the fridge looking for anything it could eat. What's a word for food that's unfit for human consumption? Ma Wallop. The tenant locked himself in his bedroom and called for help. What's a word for the fear of bears? Ursophobia. We have lots of bears near our Colorado cabin, and we have been told that pepper spray will keep them away. But the idea that it would keep a 500-pound grizzly bear from attacking seems ridiculous to me. I think I'll try the pepper spray on myself and hope the bear doesn't like spicy foods. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are joyfully coming back into the show, talking with Haley DeMarco, founder of Hungry Planet, a company intensely focused on feeding the world's appetite for truth. Also, best-selling author of more than 40 books, and her latest release is A Woman Overwhelmed. And Haley, that cracked me up, your last story before the commercial talking about who's joy. (laughs) 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 And, you know, what a great tip, though. If we started out our morning, I know Elise and I would say just those those three questions of what, what, what are you grateful for today? And and list three things. It's it's like, what am I joyful for today? And really start changing the way you think. Because we are what we think, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, I had to travel with um, some new people in my, my life. And uh, they're both high introverts. And so from the airport to the place that we were going was an hour drive. And there was it was silence. Which Lisa, we laugh about this all the time. Lisa doesn't even like a 30 second pause. It makes her feel. (laughs) So to go in and. I I get kicked under the table when I, when I, you know, do too much. So, and it's really bad when it's a glass table. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So this was very painful for me. And I, and I kept thinking, you can't change other people's behavior. You can only change how you respond. And I needed to, you know, do a paradigm shift to go, I need to honor and respect that I'm with high introverts. They're, they're thinking on their own right now and they need this quiet time and they don't need to hear my endless chatter of an extrovert that processes everything out loud. But I, 
I went to bed that night knowing the next day I had to do the exact same thing. And I, I had complete insomnia. And it's like you said, <laughs> you don't even realize that that stressed me out to know I was going to have mm-hmm. to go back in a vehicle and sit there for an hour in a car. And, and you really, it's, you are what you think. So we have to change that pattern in our brain to go, okay, really? Are you going to have joy? Or are you going to stress out about silence? <laughs> and I know that sounds so crazy. And at the time when it was happening, I, I couldn't get a grip on it. And that's what's so weird uh, when you just, it sounds so easy to go, oh no, just give it over to God. Just hand <laughs> it over. <laughs> and so you have to do some of those mind games. You have to, you know, say scripture in your mind. You, you know, take that time to to use it wisely rather than, than stressing out. So I know you had mentioned that there was a time in your life that you, there was so much stress, it, it, it shut you down. And I'm sure it wasn't as painful as an hour of silence. <laughs> <That's just sad. laughs> no. When I say loud, it sounds horrible. I, I <laughs> but tell us about that time in your life. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I like to, um, well, I like to be the best pretty much at everything. And so <clears throat> whatever I do, I'm going to give it like 110%. I don't like moderation. That's not my thing. I think that's for just losers. And so I tend to go overboard, <laughs> and which means I'm overwhelmed. How do you really feel there, Haley? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <clears throat> but, yeah, the, the, I can remember many times actually being stressed uh, into inaction when it comes to my house. I have, uh, I have a house which um, has what professional organizers call nowhere to put anything. I have no, I have no linen closet. I have no pantries. I have nothing. And so I just move stuff from one room to the other. I'm like, oh, you need the couch? Let me move that into the laundry room. You know, you, oh, you need the dining room table? Let me move that onto the bed. I'm constantly moving piles of stuff to, to just have a place to live. <laughs> and so there, there came a point when I was just like, oh, my goodness, there's literally nowhere for the stuff anymore. And I was so overwhelmed. I, it seems stupid, but I sat down and went, I just don't even know where to start. I can't move because there's too much. So I just kind of gave up and said, forget it. I'm a hoarder. I'm just going to be that way. <laughs> I just live that way because <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't get out of it. So, yeah, I've been paralyzed, and I know what it's like. But I know there's a way out, too. And it has a lot to do with, <laughs> for me, getting over that. Everything has to be perfect. I have to work this out all today. I have to do it now and um, throwing myself into a tizzy because of all my man-made rules about what I think my life should be instead of God-made rules, which I don't like the word rules, but God's, God's word that gives us a life that's so much more uh, peaceful than the one in which I de- develop all the law. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what you just said is so key, and even from your story, when you were speaking earlier about you know the, the expectations you put on yourself with, with your husband to have the perfect this and that, and, and it, I think if we would step back and look and go, some of the, so much of the stress is self-induced because we have put these, these expectations on ourselves and nobody else's. Like you said, your right. husband's like, I don't care about that, 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 and that. I just want joy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, how many times, and my husband's the same way. I mean, he's, he's really simple, but it's me that's like, I have to have this in order. I want this yeah. to look this way, whatever. And they're like... I'm so fine, you know? Yeah. And, and so how many, I, if we would just even kind of take that self-assessment and go, is this something that I am causing or is this, are these really expectations? Are these, and does these really matter in the big scheme? Yeah. 
you know? Well, and I think that would take a lot of that off our plate. Yes, yes. For, for me, uh, I, I can say that my kind of, you know, I, I joked a little bit earlier, but I do. I don't like moderation. I want everything to be perfect. I'm gonna, if I'm going to do something, I want to be the best at it. Um, and mm-hmm. all of that, at the root of that is just my pride. That's me deep down believing that I'm better than everybody else, or at least, you know, I have to keep up with them and be as, as good as them. And so it comes down to, to pride. But I, I talk about um, the concept of love, biblical love to women, and I ask all of them, you know, what's the opposite of love? And I've always gotten one answer. I've gotten hate. And I, and I say that's, that's a, a kind of a, an opposite of love. It's not the exact opposite of love, though. The opposite of love is selfishness. And if mm-hmm. you think about that and you let it sink in, it's true. When we're in the act of being selfish, when we're thinking, well, I think the house should be this, or I think I should look like this or do this, it's really for ourselves. We want other people to either approve, to think we're better than them, to, to love us, to accept us. And it's a selfishness that drives us to our overwhelmedness, which is funny because the opposite of this overwhelm with life is being overwhelmed with God, and being overwhelmed with God is loving Him more than ourselves. And so, there, wow, there's kind of the, the full circle of getting out of this overwhelmed with life and overwhelmed with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, you, you, you're saying a lot here, because I think a, a lot of it is we do have to kind of step back and, and, and kind of just look at our life, take assessments. So um, in the few minutes we have left, how can women find you and how can they get a hold of your book? And what is one tip encouragement that you would love to leave with women um, before we go? Well, they can find me at Friendship Community Church in Nashville, well, Mount Juliet, <laughs> if they want okay. to come on by. <laughs> uh, no, okay. Can, um, if they're not here, they can Google They can Google me. It's Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-Y, DeMarco, D-I, and Marco. But um, I have a blog, HaleyDeMarco.com, where you can find all the books and links to where you can purchase them. Uh, and so, yeah, that's probably the best way. And what would I want to leave everyone with? Um, You're not alone. Everyone, every single woman that you see on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter is just as overwhelmed as you. Um, We're just putting our best foot forward. We're trying to show everybody the best part of us. It helps to know you're not alone. And it also helps to know that God is constantly working in the messes of your life to show you himself more. So rather than trying to clean them all up, why don't we try to find him in the mess and see what it is he's trying to teach us and show us about himself and how he wants us to rest in him. Mm. And don't you find that we, so many times we resist the mess. We want to, we want to do a quick cleanup and move on uh-huh. when maybe he's trying to teach us something in that. Well, yeah. And you know, show that us something. Constantly. Yes. It happens yeah. all the time. It happens when, uh-huh. you know, the guy in front of you is going too slow or your kids won't hurry up and do what you want them to do. Or your husband doesn't do what he wants you to do. Um, the mess, the problems that you have, that you encounter, are oftentimes God just saying, wait a minute, I want you to learn something here instead of trying to fix everyone. And that's what we want to mm-hmm. do. We want to fix them all. But he's just mm-hmm. patient and he's kind and he's waiting for us to see that it's his hand there that's interrupting us. It's his hand that might be making life a little bit more difficult so that we say, it's not about me. I cannot do this without you. That's the foundation of our salvation is us putting our hands up and saying, I can't do it. So why don't mm-hmm. we just doing that you know once saved continue to say i can't do this either and rely on him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so true and, and 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 we just have less than three minutes but I, w- one thing i wanted to go back to really quick and is when you were talking about your experience of mean girls back in school 
and how that actually it helped you. You wrote the book on it. You know, it's like that kind of launched some things. It was God kind of redeemed and restored that experience. But I think for many of us, we stay in that place and allow those voices of the mean girls or the mean whoever to define us. And it goes back to what you're saying. It's like it's the stories we're telling ourselves, what's in our head. How do you find um, that you can to move past that to go, that's not me. I'm not going to let that stress me out and define me, mm-hmm. but to move on the other side of that. Yeah. I actually wrote a book, an entire book on this called Over It. So I've done a lot of studying. I've done a lot of thinking on it. But um, it's really important to take anything that happens in our lives, but especially those big life-changing moments, and take the people out of it. Take the people that did it out of it and put God in their place and say, what was God trying to do through this? What does God want me to do uh, according to his word in relationship to these people? That's how I made it through the mean girls problem is I sat down and looked at how am I supposed to love my enemies and do good to those who hate me? How did I fail at that? That would have even maybe led to them being mean to me. I was shy. I didn't love them. I, I was so convinced they didn't like me that they ended up not liking me. I created my, right. own, I created my own problem. And so I, I've had to look at those situations and say, God allowed this. I know that God allowed that in my life. One, so that I could tell other women how to get through it. It's now my testimony. I've, I spoke on it on Women of Faith, um, I mean, Women of Faith Tour, and many women. I had hundreds of thousands of women um, that, that said they related. They suffered in the same way, or they had kids who were going through the same thing. And, and I was able to minister to them. And then, of course, to write the book that helps pay for the house, you know, that helps to pay the bills. So God is allowing things in our lives and sometimes even bringing things into our lives to show us something more about him and to make us more into the likeness of Christ. And that's what we have to grab a hold of, not what the people did or what the people thought, but what's God doing. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way of reframing, you know, something like that. Again, thank you so much for being part of the show and just having such a great dialogue today and discussion and just your vulnerability and your authenticity. And we encourage our listeners to find your book and to do it in community with somebody and just start conversations. You've been listening to Girlfriend at Radio. Until next time. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 